school. It's going to be stolen, I think, by the doctor. Yes, he's got it. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. Stolen by Byrne on the cut to DJ. Yeah! Buckle up for Kobe Bryant. New era. Oh! A jawbreaker! Curry, way down to bang! It's all basketball. A spectacular move by Michael Jordan. Lace him up. It's time for 1010XL's Open Gym. Leading the break, here's R.J. Saunders. This is the basketball show for the basketball fan. Welcome to a sunny, psych, rainy <laughs> Sunday edition of the Open Gym. I'm R.J. Saunders, Casey Dobson, making it all happen here at 1010XL Studios. We're glad you're in here with us. Got a great show for you guys. Have Lee Ellis, the former co-host of shows such as The Starters, as well as uh, the No Dunks podcast on The Athletic. He's going to join us at 11.15 to speak on the latest news and notes around the NBA. LeBron wants to stay in L.A., but wants a nine-figure salary. He's also crossed the 40,000-point mark. We'll ask him about that and a lot more, including who's his sleeper team for this year. Last year, it was the Los Angeles Lakers, as well as the Miami Heat, both or play-in teams, one went to the NBA Finals, the other went to the Western Conference Finals before getting swept. But this is a great time because March Madness is coming along, and every year we talk about that Cinderella team, that sleeper team, not necessarily a team that will win it all normally when we talk about March Madness or, or the NBA in this matter. But in the NBA, who's that team that could potentially hurt your feelings in the first or second round of an NBA playoff series. And let me tell you guys, I think that this year's sleeper team is the Orlando Magic. I really do. I mean, now, they are going to have some work to do, but Adam Lefko on TNT just a few weeks ago, or a couple nights ago, He said, the Magic are a team that you don't want to face in a seven-game series. And I agree. I think this team has confidence in themselves. We've had guys like Jeff Turner on the program, Dante Marcatelli, Jake Chapman. And they're they're all close to the team, but they all tend to to agree that, that this team has a vibe and a flair to them that hasn't been there in recent memory. How about this? When's the last time you've heard an Orlando Magic player on a national show, such as the Jim Rome show. Here's Jalen Suggs with Jim Rome speaking on what it means to have a team like this in the city of Orlando. And uh, what we're building here is special, and I think uh, the city of Orlando deserves it. And all of us, I think, um, can speak for everybody when I say that. We just want to bring them wins, bring them joy. And uh, really show out for a city for all the love and support that they've given us, you know, through the ups and downs. They've had a spectacular season so far. They've already matched their win total from last season and have 22 games to go. The turnaround is here, ladies and gentlemen, for the Orlando Magic, and they're only continuing to improve. Now the question is, should they make the playoffs, which we all believe that they are, As an Orlando Magic fan, who would you prefer to face in the first round of the playoffs? So Orlando has Detroit tonight. You have the mindset that that should be a 
a walkaway victory, although you had some trouble in Detroit just a couple nights ago where Paulo Bancaro didn't have a great shooting night, ends up hitting a game winner. We, we talked about that with Jeff Turner. But Orlando's 4-1 and one coming out of the All-Star break. They win a game without Paulo against Brooklyn. Could this be a team that hurts somebody's feelings? If the playoffs started today, they're currently in the seventh seed, so you'd have to get in via the play-in. They are tied for six with Miami, but Miami owns the tiebreaker. I don't know if I want to get in that sixth seed. Not right now. You'll be facing the Bucs. The Bucs are turning it around. They're 5-0 and since the All-Star break. Their defense is looking spectacular. It seems like Doc Rivers is starting to figure it out. I do still have questions about the Bucs, but first round, don't know. However, there are two teams in which I would say not only do I think would be a better matchup because you match up better with those two teams, but you could find yourself going from the quarterfinals to the NBA semifinals. Those two teams are the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. But the New York Knicks have a caveat. So let's start with Cleveland. You started the second half of the season against Cleveland. You went by a final score of 116-109. And that's a game where the Wagner bros just had themselves a night. And you've played them four times in the regular season, and the series is tied at 2-2. But with each game, with the exception of that January 22nd game where Orlando got shellacked, every contest has been decided by 10 points or less. But I just don't believe in Cleveland. Not in the playoffs. Saw what New York did to them last year. They can't handle physicality. They just don't look like a team that is going to scare anybody come playoff time. Great story this year. Seems like the brass in Cleveland since the post-LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love era, they have a team. They seem to have figured it out. Now, what happens with Donovan Mitchell after this season, whether or not he wants to stay in Cleveland, could probably change the trajectory of your entire franchise in the next couple of years should he decide to leave or stay. However, I just don't think they're a team that wants to be physical. I don't think they're a team that's learned. Not yet, anyway. They can take that confrontation for 47 minutes, not 48 minutes. And 48 minutes in a seven-game series. And what happens when you're facing a team that has nothing to lose? Nobody thought Orlando was going to be in this position this year. No, but not even me. And I like Orlando. Orlando's become my second favorite team since moving to Jacksonville. That's become my second favorite team. I I thought maybe they would get into a playing spot. Maybe. But it wouldn't be until next year. Get a couple picks, see what they do in free agency. Now we're talking four, five, six. So... Now they can just put all the cards on the table, Orlando can. Going to Cleveland, probably steal a couple games there. They're not murderers, bro. 
Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. I believe a fully healthy Orlando Magic team matches up well with them. That's just my opinion. The second team, the New York Knicks, who just seem to be that team that could, they could make the Eastern Conference Finals and face who everyone feels is going to win the NBA championship this year in Boston. But they could also be a team that wets the bed in the first round. And Orlando has matched up well against the Knicks. They've beaten the Knicks. You are 3-0 and this year against the Knicks. Got one more game against them at MSG. But you've handled the Knicks rather easily this season. Plus, you mentioned, too, that we, you know, the Magic might face the Bucks. Well, they, they end the season two of their last three games against them. Yeah, against I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't, uh, know if you, I don't know if you want to face them. No. No. But getting back to the Knicks, I mean, I love Jalen Brunson. Love him. Watch, watched his dad when he was with the Clippers. That was towards the end of his career. Love King Julius. OG was a godsend for the Knicks. Here's the question. And Becky Hammond asked this. And it, it, it made me think. So I want to ask you, Hoopheads. Is Jalen Brunson the best player on a championship team? I'm asking. I don't know. Is he going to be the best player if the Knicks face the Magic in the first round? Is Jalen Brunson the best player on out of the 10 players who are on the floor? Is he the best guy? Let me know. I mean, 641-1010 on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. I could argue that Paulo Bencaro would be the best player on the floor in a seven-game series against the Knicks. But here's the caveat. I hope that Orlando can do it. You're going to have to get the four seed. You're going to have to. If, you're going, if the Knicks are going to be your first-round matchup, you need home court advantage. I think it's going to be an uphill climb if you have to play your first two games of a seven-game series at Madison Square Garden. That's just me. You walked out of there and won by four, but I think if you have those first two games at Kia, I think it's a whole different ballgame. So let's look at Orlando's schedule. You have to win the games you're supposed to win. You're going to wet the bed a couple of games. You're going to wet the bed. I, this is the NBA. It's going to be a lot of teams that are going to have your number. But look at your next five games. Detroit tonight at home. You're on the road for your next three games. You're going to have a back-to-back against Charlotte and Washington. Then you play your season finale at the Knicks. Check your salt levels. I just love saying MSG. Check the salt levels. Then you play Indiana. Following that, ladies and gentlemen, nine of your next ten games are at home. Nine of your next ten. 
which include teams such as Portland, the Memphis G League, I mean Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, Toronto. If you beat Charlotte on the road, they're swinging back over here on the 19th. That should be a win. Now, that homestand's not a cakewalk. Golden State comes here. The Clippers come here. Sacramento comes here. New Orleans comes here. However, I believe in this Orlando Magic team enough. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid now. I believe in this team enough to where I think you can win maybe two or three of those games against teams that are looking to make the playoffs. I think that they're going to be heavy games, but I think those are going to be very good games and games that will be winnable. Like Casey said, you have to play Milwaukee two more times. But we have bragged about this Orlando Magic schedule, at least the people in which I have talked to and the people that we've had here on this show. It's not that hard. And you're going to have an eight-game homestand. Again, after you come back from that road trip, nine of your next ten are at home. You're going to have to get the four seed, though, if, you, if you're playing the Knicks. If you're playing the Knicks, you're going to have to get, you're going to, have to get to four. Handle your business. That's how confident I am in the Magic. I think you could beat Cleveland if everything was everything and you're the seven seed. But then you're testing the fates if you're the Orlando Magic. And now you got to get into the playoffs via the play-in. Now I'm scared. Indiana's there. Atlanta. Chicago, who cares? Chicago's not making the playoffs. They'll be in the play-in. Maybe get a participation trophy. But if they were to face Boston or Cleveland... It's a gentleman's sweep. That that doesn't go any further than five. I just don't want Orlando in the play-in because I think Indiana would feel that, listen, we could beat them. One game for our life, beat them. And let's say you lose that game and now you're fighting for the eighth spot to face Boston. Well, guess who you have to face? Your arch nemesis and a team that Orlando just can't seem to figure out right now, the Atlanta Hawks. And you lost to Atlanta already without Trey Young. I would love to see this Magic team get to four. If you beat Indiana and let's say you're the seven seed, I like the matchup against Cleveland. Love it. But I want to see Orlando Magic playoff basketball. And not just one round. A couple rounds. You play the Knicks? Maybe you shot. Handle your business. You're opening a series at home for the first time since how long ago? It's been a minute, probably over a decade. Great times are here. Great times are, are truly here for the Orlando Magic. I want to witness all of it. Give me your opinion. Would you want to face Milwaukee if you were the six seed? Give me your opinion, 6-4-1-10-10. Would you want to face Milwaukee if you're the six seed? Not me. I, not me. I don't know if you're ready. I don't know if you're no. ready for that yet. Who would you prefer 
at this point, right now, at this stage, who would you prefer to face in the first round? When we come back, Lee Ellis is going to join us. He's a former co-host of shows such as The Starters, which was on NBA TV, as well as the No Dunks podcast on The Athletic. Now, he's a world-traveling hooper, and he's been traveling the country playing basketball. How fun is that? But keeps keeps himself ingratiated within the NBA. He covered it for over a decade, and he joins us next. It's the Open Gym on 10 to Excel. Take your shot. It's Open Gym on 1010XL. It's a Sunday edition of the Open Gym Show here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. So glad you are with us. Dropping gems in the gym is a hoop head unlike any other. And now a world-traveling hooper. That is Lee Ellis. He's a former co-host of the podcast No Dunks on The Athletic. You also heard him on NBA TV with the starters. He's covered the NBA for over 10 seasons and is so kind to join us for a couple moments here on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Lee Ellis. That's going to be L-E-I-G-H Ellis on Twitter. Mr. Ellis, how are you? Great. Thanks, RJ. Thanks very much for having me. Absolutely, sir. I mean, I always love hearing your expertise on the game of basketball. But before we get into the players and the teams around the league this season, I wanted to ask you about this hoops tour. I mean, 20 different countries, 19 of 20 have already been completed. What's been your favorite stop on this journey so far? You know, that's probably the question I get asked the most. And and the truthful answer is like every stop is, is incredible because it offers something different and something new. I mean, I've been down in, in Zambia and Kenya and, and places in Africa. I've been to Japan and the Philippines. Mexico City, uh, Lithuania, Turkey. I mean, places like that I've never even been to before. So every time I go into a a country or a city that I haven't been to, it's a great opportunity to learn more, to experience more, and to understand a little bit more about the world. So, you know, each place offers something different and something unique, but there's really not one that I would say is just sort of better than the other. Because for me, as someone who, who loves traveling, I just love the variety and the difference in each place. And so, you know, it doesn't doesn't sort of really give you that hot takey answer of like this is the best place right. or anything right. like that. But but again, that to me is uh is what a, a huge part of the journey of traveling is, is like you don't necessarily have to compete and compare. You can just sort of embrace each destination for what it is. First of all, I have to say I'm extremely jealous of what you've been able to do and what you've been able to accomplish here. I mean 20 different countries in which you're going to to play pickup basketball, 19 of which you've already completed. I got a group of guys that I play basketball with at 6 o'clock in the morning on Thursday mornings. This is on a completely different level. But I wanted to ask you, what made you elect to leave the No Dunks podcast on The Athletic to embark on this endeavor? Yeah, so I'd been an analyst uh, of the NBA professionally for about 11 seasons and then as a fan for, you know, basically three decades. Right. And I just, I just uh, you know, at some point along the journey, you know, the analysis was great, but I, I wanted to try something different. You know, I, I believe that it's important in life to uh, always try to change things and, um, you know, to not get too complacent. And this idea sort of was forced upon me in a way because during the COVID, you know, years there, we didn't really know what was going on and right. everyone was sort of, you know, stranded from each other. And once my wife and I got vaccinated, we decided, hey, let's go traveling. And so we went to Europe, 
And I started actually playing on a court in Berlin in Germany. And it was, um, look, it wasn't planned in this, in, in this way, but I was out there shooting around. I was playing with these guys. My son started filming the game just for, you know, again, like he, he's interested in social right. media and stuff like that. And so I put those clips up on my Instagram, not really thinking anything of it. And, and I got so many people messaging me and saying, hey, come to my country, you know, come to China, come to Brazil, come wow. to, you know, Thailand, everywhere. And the more I sort of started doing it and thinking about it, I sort of, I pitched it to my wife first. And because, of course, if you're married, you know that, that that's the Absolutely. most important person in your world. <laughs> right. And, and once, once I pitched it to her, like, she didn't even hesitate you know she she was like hey this is a great idea you know it's, it's not going to be easy it's not going to be like smooth sailing but there is something there and the only way to find out is to go out and do it and so i decided to leave the uh the the nba podcast behind the no dunks podcast and and take out off on this other journey and now um you know i'm, I'm about to enter my 20th country i'll be in brazil in a in a week's time here uh okay. for the for the for the 20th country so yeah. i'm really really excited about it and and really excited for what the uh, the opportunities it has now led to that continue to come in as far as offers and invitations and so the original target was 20 i'll be at 20 in a week uh, but i'm going to keep on going once i uh, get back from brazil it's absolutely one of the coolest things that I've ever seen one person do, and I'm excited to see how the trip in Brazil goes. This is Lee Ellis. He is a former co-host of the No Dunks podcast on The Athletic. He's covered the NBA for over a decade. You can follow him on Twitter, at Lee Ellis. So let's get to around the league. First question I'm going to ask you, I hate because I'm a Lakers fan, but I'm nearly conceding that this is Boston's championship to lose without question. They're the best team in the East. They have the best record in the entire NBA. I understand that Denver is last year's NBA champion, but it feels to me that this season the Celtics are going to take this up another level come postseason. Is this Boston's NBA world and we're all just living in it, or is this going to be a team that's going to burn out in the playoffs? Uh, you know, they definitely have the best record. They're, they're playing really well. Jason Tatum's clearly in that MVP conversation, but – they don't seem for some reason to be all that convincing that they can mm. go all the way. And, and I think I think if you look back at the last four or five years, they've been a really good team. I mean, they were within, what, about 10 minutes of going 3-1 up on the Warriors only right. two years ago in the finals. I remember I was in Boston for those games, and I remember thinking, like, man, the Celtics are going to win the championship. They, they smoked the Warriors in game one, if you remember, in Oakland yeah. or in San Francisco it was. And then, you know, they win game, game three convincingly. Game four, they've basically got it. And then the, the Warriors go on a run and basically sweep them out from there. Right. So I think those sorts of things, um, you know, and, and also last year, of course, against the Miami Heat, who, who came in via the play-in. Remember, the Heat got up three love. It got to a 3-3. And then in game seven, it was like, man, this is in Boston. This is like the old... Boston, you know, yeah, yeah, and they and they couldn't do it. So I think those sorts of last couple of years where it looks like the same thing, where Boston should be very, very close, they've got one hand on the trophy, has got people a little bit skeptical, and, and myself as well. I, I still like. Listen, if you if you give me a fully healthy Giannis and Dame, I'm going to take those two guys mm. because Giannis. I just think you know what we saw from from the championship when they won. You know what three years ago now right now um you know he's that he's that ferocious competitor that i just don't think the celtics really can contain if he's if he's on his game and then if you've got those guys you know like a middleton and a dame hitting those three pointers 
that's where, to me, still the, the best team in the East. But again, so many variables, so many factors, you know, like injuries, who's got home court advantage, you know, right. just, you know, like the Sixers were playing well and Bede goes down and now it's like, right. I just can't, I don't think Embiid's going to come back and be able to get back to that level to get them right. back in the conversation. So I, I like Boston. I think they are certainly conference finalists in the East wouldn't sort of go out there and start betting big money on them though because I've just seen it in the past where it's like there seems to be one thing missing from that thing you know right so um I I think I think it's great though for the NBA that there isn't remember when the Warriors the KD Warriors it felt like no one's got a chance against these guys right you know I don't feel that way right now about the NBA I think the Celtics the Bucks you know, probably the, only those two really in the Eastern Conference right now. But in the West, Nuggets, I mean, the Clippers, like, I don't know, do we believe yeah. the Clippers yet? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but they're, they're another team, you know. Or always, something always seems to go wrong for the Clippers at the wrong time. And then, of course, you've got the Suns, who started off a little bit slow. But if you're, you know, if you've got Beal, Booker and, and Durant out there, you know, that that's a, I don't think, look, I don't think the Suns have got enough defensively. But no. I also know they can probably score 140 points against anyone on any given night. So maybe they do have enough. But then again, you also just look at the Denver Nuggets, and it's almost like they're somehow flying under the radar a little bit. I think, Absolutely. I think, I, yeah, I think they're actually quite content with the Timberwolves and Thunder being ahead of them because it's like no one really believes the Thunder of the Wolves are ready yet to go all the way. The Nuggets are like, great let those two teams be there and maybe we face one, possibly two, and they try to get back to the finals. And I think that's ideal for the Nuggets. So I, I would say right now, Denver's probably my pick in the West and the Bucks in the East. But uh, again, I, I don't feel like I did a few years ago where it was like Cavs-Warriors and it was you almost had to create an argument to convince yourself one of those teams wasn't going to be in the finals. Lee Ellis joining us here on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. So... In this new era, you have guys like Victor Wimbanyama, Anthony Edwards, John Morant, Luka Doncic, and the like. And it seems that the NBA is beginning their embryonic stages of looking for the next face once LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry all exit the league. Do you have an idea who may be the next face of the league once the Titans of Durant, Curry, and James all make their exit from the association? Well, I think someone like Anthony Edwards would 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 welcome it. You know, he he seems to be the sort of guy who who likes the the the, the glitz and the glamour that comes with being an NBA player and and he's backing it up, you know. He, yeah. I mean, he's been an all-star. The Wolves have got the best record in the West. He's playing well. He's he's gotten into it with Draymond Green, so he's not afraid of the moment. Um, and whereas Wembenyama, I think we've already seen, he's got a maturity on him that is certainly well beyond his actual age. Right. And I, again, just when you think of the Spurs, you know, David Robinson and Tim Duncan, no, neither of those guys, those guys really wanted to be the face of the league. And I think a part of that is, is just the way that they sort of cultivate that, um, that culture in San Antonio. So I, I don't, I certainly don't see the Spurs promoting him as a, hey, he's the face. But it's also one of those things I think comes along organically because, look, no one saw Steph Curry raising to the level that he got to. You know, his first two or three years in the league, he was basically, you know, largely anonymous. The Warriors right. even, in fact, tried to trade him originally for uh, for Andrew Bogut until the Bucks were like, we don't want those ankles. Give us Monte Ellis. You know? <laughs> really? So, 
I think it's one of those things that, that, you know, people are sort of looking like to anoint that next person, but it might be someone we don't know right now, we can't see, who just comes along and becomes that face because it's ultimately going to come down to winning. And that's, that's why Steph Curry got to that point because the Warriors all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, they, won, they, had, they had the championship and then the 73 wins and it was like, oh, Steph's the face of the, of the league. But again, if you'd said that in 2012, People would have laughed if you'd said Steph Curry is going to be a two-time MVP. People said there's, there's right. no way, too small. Right. You know? So I think it's I think it's one of those things that we don't need to sort of dictate and say it's going to be that guy. I think it's more going to be like, hey, some guy is going to come along, and it's probably going to be from a team that is in the finals and is winning championships or at least contending every year because we just can't see it right now. Uh, because it could be someone like Trey Young. Let's say the Hawks all of a sudden, you know, turn it around and, and start having that sort of surge that the Warriors had. Then Trey Young sort of by default probably becomes that face. Okay. Today it doesn't it doesn't look like it. But again, I, I keep referring back to Steph Curry because nobody saw it with Steph. Right. Lee Ellis joins us on the All Pro Roofing phone line. So last night, LeBron James cracks the 40,000-point mark. He also turned back the hands of time a couple days ago, coming from a 21-point deficit, leading the Lakers to a victory over the Clippers. And it just seems this entire season the Los Angeles Lakers have made headlines in regards to maybe who they trade for in the offseason. Does Darvin Ham have a job come next year? Now there's an interesting report that LeBron James wants to remain in Los Angeles, but he wants a deal in the atmosphere of about nine figures. What he's done this year has been nothing short of phenomenal. I have to give him that. But if you're Jeannie Buss in that front office of the Los Angeles Lakers, is that something that you're willing to give LeBron? Has he earned that at at, at a time where – if you give him a contract like that, by the time it ends, he's in his 40s, and we don't know how he's going to look by the time that contract's fulfilled, that contract extension to be more specific. Would you give a deal like that towards LeBron? Has he earned another max contract? Well, look, it, he shouldn't be. At this age, he shouldn't be that sort of a guy. But he's performed again this year to that incredible level that we've never seen before, certainly from a guy in his 21st season so he's earned it and he showed against the Clippers that he can still pull it on the one thing that's clear though is like in those days in Cleveland you know where he had Booby Gibson and those sort of guys right. it was like it, did, it almost didn't matter which other four guys were out on the court you know right. like LeBron's so good he's certainly not that player anymore like that Clippers performance was one that we don't really see very often anymore right and again that shouldn't have to come down to a 39-year-old guy. That should be Anthony Davis who's like, yes. listen, I, you know, like it's not good for your team if the oldest guy is still the best player. Like it just it just shouldn't be. So, right. But I think if you're the Lakers, you also you can't let him just join potentially a rival either. I mean, yeah. you, you've got to – You've got to try to sort of, you know, keep working at it. And look, it's tough on Jeannie and uh, and Rob Belinka because every single Lakers loss feels like, right, they should have done this. They should have made that trade. They should have done this. And, and you know, but it, it must be so, so hard with all that pressure because everyone's expecting the Lakers to be on top forever. And it's just, it's just hard to build teams. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Like you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves this season, fantastic year, but it's, you know, they're never in this position. They're no. always... You know, you know, falling away. So the Lakers are still good. As long as you've got LeBron on your team, they're, what, ninth right now, so they're in the play-in. 
they would have to beat at least two teams that right now, that is, of course, out of the Mavs, Kings and the Warriors. I think surely you look at the Lakers and you go, yeah, they, they can take two of those teams. Now, maybe not. They, they could easily lose as well, you know, to the Warriors in a, in a one-off um, battle. But at the same time, the Kings, as we saw last season, you know, made the playoffs, had home court advantage, led the Warriors 3-2, but couldn't close them out. And the Mavericks, I mean, they're, you know, again, Luca and, and Kyrie, when they're on, are fantastic. But one or two little injuries or one, you know, in a one-off game, I still like my chances with LeBron. So I don't think, um, I think the Lakers just have to get into the playoffs. And then, as we saw last year with the Kings, if you're the Lakers and you finish, say, say you finish seventh, and you've right. got to take on the thunder or the wolves in the first round, those inexperienced teams. Right. Of course you would take that. Of course, you don't want the Nuggets. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The Nuggets. You know, you probably don't want the Clippers or the Suns either, but they're probably not going to face those. So right. if you're the Lakers right now, it's like, hey, let's get to seventh or eighth and take our chances against the wolves or the thunder. And, you know, I, I, I think that still puts you in a pretty strong position. If you can get, if you can avoid Denver until at least the conference finals, you know, we saw what happened last year. They got swept, but at least yeah. they got there. And, yeah. uh, and, and you know, I, I think a similar sort of scenario could play out this year. Final moments with Lee Ellis, former co-host of the No Dunks podcast on The Athletic. Before I let you go here, Los Angeles was the team that was the sleeper team last season. Go from the playing game all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Is there a team this season that you look at as this year's sleeper team, not necessarily saying that they're going to go all the way to the Eastern or Western Conference Finals, but could hurt somebody's feelings in the first round. It, it feels like to me the Pelicans are either on a five-game win streak or a five-game losing streak. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Every every time you're sort of like, oh, okay, the Pelicans seem to be getting it together here. It's like they've rattled off five in a row, and then a week later, and you're like, it's like, oh no, they've lost five in a row, and so you're like, hmm, okay, what, what's going on? But I actually do like. Again, like with everything, if they're healthy, I think this actually is a pretty solid team because I like guys like Valanciunas and Brandon Ingram, you know, yeah. guys who are good, good sort of that, those secondary players. You've got CJ and, of course, Zion, depending on, on health as always. But once he's out on the court, you know, it's like, man, he's a, he's a, he's a handful. And they've just got bodies on that team. You yes. know? Again, Valanciunas, Valanciunas, you know, when, when, he's, when he's out there, he's just a huge, huge man. Um, and, and is a handful for everyone. So I would say, for me, it's most likely it is the Pelicans. That it's like if they get everything together and they're able to, you know, be on the court and, and, and you know, they've got shooting in CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram again, and one of them, probably the most underrated player right now in the league. He's capable of going for 30 or 40 every night. They've got defense in Herb Jones. I mean, you know, so this team has got all the pieces. It just feels like, a, a little bit like, um, you know, uh, I, I guess other teams in the past where it's like they always seem to just be one or two guys get injured yeah. and that derails the yeah. season. So, but again, I think they're in a pretty good position because they don't have the expectations. I think I think most people think they're probably first round fodder. And I think you know what, if you're if you're the Timberwolves though, you know they've had a good season. But again, just those bodies can really cause some problems for uh, for some other teams to match up against. So. I like them, um, but again, they they could sort of get swept in the first round, but I could also see them kind of stumbling their way to the conference finals if things fall well, right for them. That's Lee Ellis. You can follow him as well as all his basketball travels on Twitter. That's at Lee Ellis, L-E-I-G-H Ellis. 
on Twitter. Mr. Ellis, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hopefully we can do this again down the road once we get to the playoffs, but thank you again so, so much, sir. Anytime. Uh, Jay, thanks for having me. Lee Ellis, how cool is that? You know, 20 different countries playing pickup basketball. Interesting enough that he has the New Orleans Pelicans as his sleeper team. As you heard me in the first segment, I mean, I have the Orlando Magic as my sleeper team this year. Definitely going to be an interesting ride this second half of the season. When we come back, who's your GOAT? You got it in your head? The swirling around in there? I'll tell you why you're right. It's the Open Gym on 1010XL. Take your shot. It's Open Gym on 1010XL. Back here on Open Gym, 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hopefully you guys are staying dry on this Sunday. 4479 on the text line. Not afraid. Give us the bucks. Winning six. I don't know if you're ready for that train ride yet. If you're the Orlando Magic. I don't know. I'd steer clear. I mean, the Knicks, I mean, the Cavs, two series I think you could win. In order to beat the Knicks, I'm saying that you have to get the four seed, which I think is doable. But not, not the Bucks, not right now. Although that's a team that does have questions. Whose team is it? You have Giannis Antetokounmpo saying it's Dame's team. Dame saying, I thought we would be what Boston is right now. We're not there. And that, he said that in context after the Bucks' first preseason game and saying, man, I, you know, I thought we'd be what Boston is now. Not yet, but I, they just look so good coming out of the break. Don't know if you want that yet. You also have the 3957 saying that they want the Knicks. I agree. Now, shout out on the YouTube to Paolo's Prod said he was the winner of some Orlando Magic tickets that we gave out last week, said he had a great time. Thank you, Dante Marcatelli, for gifting us those tickets to give away. Dante was so nice, he's doing it again. So, little housekeeping here. I have two tickets for the Orlando Magic's upcoming contest against the Pacers. That's on March 10th. To those who won the tickets last week, please allow somebody else to win. We're going to have more giveaways coming up in later programs. If you can go to the game. You have to invite me. You can do that if you want to, if you're you're the winner of the tickets. 11.50 at 11.50. Be caller number 4, 641-1010. Two tickets to see Paolo and company versus Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers. And shout out 1010 in the open gym. Let's see where you're sitting. Wish I could see that game too, Casey. I'm not going to lie to you. Wish I could see that game as well. I say we just like congratulate the person that wins them and then just take them for ourselves. Take them for ourselves. The like, house always hey, wins. congratulations. You know how to dial a phone number. And that, that's uh, And then go. The house always wins. We may not be Vegas, but you're going to learn that about us. The house is always going to win. All right, quickly, uh, because LeBron James eclipsed the 40,000 point mark. Eh. It's a great feat. It's Man. a great feat. I'm not men at all, but it is a great feat. But 
somebody said on the YouTube chat, oh, are we talking about who's the – I'm not trying to talk about who's the GOAT from a standpoint of who's the GOAT. Let's just define it and stamp it right now because I don't know who is. I don't know. There's so many names in which we have. I mean, Kobe, LeBron, Michael Jordan. There's, there's a fan base out there that's never going to let us forget Kareem. You talk about guys like Dr. J, you say Michael Jordan. Learn from guys like Dr. J. Why is Dr. J not in the GOAT conversation? When it comes to other conversations as far as like who's the most influential player, it's almost like on a dime we're able to say Allen Iverson. Probably the most influential player to ever grace an NBA floor. Best power forward of all time. There may be a couple of names, but it's not going to go five, six, seven deep. In this era for me, I'm going to keep it in my era. In this era for me, it seems that there are three fan bases. Got the Kobe stands, Jordan stands, and the LeBron stands. You get my you get my drift? Kenny Smith believes that there's just a, a small pool of people you can define as the GOAT. This was Kenny Smith just a couple weeks ago. That pool is very thin. Ooh, who's in it? Michael Jordan. Got it. LeBron James. Yes. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. And then we start reaching. No, you don't reach. Mr. Bean? Who? Mr. Kobe Bean's not in the conversation. He's, he's, he's right. No, he's no. next. Then we start reaching. No, Isn't, no. Yeah, we start reaching after. Kobe Bean, and I'm, I'm saying, I, I I think I put Steph Curry in that conversation. I'm just saying to me, those are that's the pool to me. Kareem, okay. LeBron, Michael, because they dominate in so many areas they can have an off shooting night and affect everything that goes in the game it's starting to become watered down to me just a little bit and i'm going to ask it from this point of view is this goat debate beginning to have us not enjoy eras and i'm not talking about for the old heads who may not even place themselves in who's the goat Guys like me who say Kobe or Jordan, and I'm not even thinking about LeBron. But to those guys who are the 80s were the best brand of basketball, and I'm standing clear on the 80s, and it was Magic and Bird, and they saved the league. Did you not enjoy Jordan when he was here? Did you not enjoy Kobe? 90s fans, it was Jordan, it was Jordan, it was Jordan. Did you not enjoy other guys that were in that era? Now. Let me give this to you, because I don't want to I don't want to come off as a guy who's, you know, RJ, you're from Los Angeles and you're the Kobe guy. Yes. But since becoming a fan of basketball. Everyone who I've listened to has said Jordan's the best. That's all there is to it. Now, I wasn't able to see Jordan. I saw Jordan when he was with the Wizards. Take that for what you want. I was born in ninety five. I've always placed Kobe as my number two. But I enjoyed other guys while they were here. Not saying that they need to be in some GOAT debate. I'm not putting everybody in a small pool, but I hear everybody in their argument now. And I'll take this. This is kind of the crux, the substratum of my argument here. Kobe and Shaq had an interview before Kobe died a couple years ago. And he says, if you ask... The 86 Celtics, who's the best team of all time, of course they're going to say them. You ask 
the 01 Lakers who nearly ran the table in 2001 before Iverson has that fantastic game where he steps over Tyron Lue. Of course they're the best. Showtime Lakers, of course. 96, of course. Is there an argument to where we can definitively say who's the GOAT? Look at this. Dr. J. Dr. J can also be a guy in which we say is one of the most influential players of all time. And he says on Shaq's podcast, I'm not liking these GOAT debates. What happens, my nephew, who you know, Barry, he sometimes give me a call and he said they did it again. Did what? They left you out. <laughs> and I'm just like, get used to it. You know, we just uh, happened to be, to, we preceded the era in basketball of the really, really big money, mm -hmm. really, really big hype, the things associated with the international game. And I, you know, I was like one of the first to go over to China and go over to England. And you were the first. And play. And everywhere I went, they, they said, the Globetrotters were here. Can you spin the finger on your ball? Can you spin the ball on your finger? And I'm like, no, I ain't too good at that, but I could do this. Right, <laughs> and then right. I showed them, you know, the stuff that I could do. So I think that in time, you know, justice will be done. But I can't lose no sleep over right. something that I didn't have or that I don't have. You know, I've been blessed in so many ways. You know, my family friends, uh, my associates, the opportunities that I have. I've been blessed in so many ways, man. I ain't got that time for no nonsense. Yeah, but that upsets me because it upsets me because you paved the way. I'm going to just let you know I'm always keep your name alive because if, if it wasn't for you, it wouldn't have been no magic. If it wasn't for you, you and magic, it wouldn't have been no Mike. If it wasn't for you, magic and Mike, it wouldn't have been no me, no Kobe, no Brown. So I just want to let you know. Yeah, guys like Dr. J are forgotten. Guys like Kareem are forgotten, and I, I totally disagree with Dwayne Wade. I believe he said in an interview, guys just forgot who Kareem was. I think as long as there's somebody on the planet, Kareem's name is always going to be placed as one of the foremost greatest players of all time. But I hear you. I hear you. The guys in the 80s, the guys in the 90s, the guys in the early 2000s, it was a different time. It was a different game. So much more physical. This era now, it's finesse. It's making my way downtown. Walking fast. I, I hear you. I'll make the argument for Jordan. Jordan in a game that was dominated by giants. A game that was defined by physicality. He flew in the air. He dominated the game and played both offense and defense. And he made the game global. He made it a global game. He marketed the game and helped the NBA market the game to places in which they could never. Dr. J just admitted to that. I, didn't, I wasn't in the NBA where the money was heavily influenced. Jordan's the reason for that. 6-0 in the NBA Finals. I hear you. There's a lot of stands now, and I'm surprised. There's a lot of stands now who are saying, hey, listen, Kobe took Jordan's blueprint, redefined it, and if Jordan's the original, Kobe was a pretty damn good remix. But I believe that the, the hit that Kobe takes from a lot of us is he copied so much of Jordan. 
But doggone, if we say that Jordan's the blueprint for a lot of us, Kobe sure did come the closest. And some may admit that he did it better. Some are going to say that, listen, in a world where everyone was saying, if anybody would have played with Shaq at that time, they would have won championships. Kobe defied the odds and shot at the moon and said, I could win without him. And he did it twice, went to the finals three times. If you don't have Kobe as your goal, I'm not going to argue with you. I think he's top five. I have him as my two. Allen Iverson has him as a two. Tracy McGrady's making an argument for him saying, why is he not in the top five? I think everyone agrees, at least former players that played in that era, that, hey, MJ, MJ's the GOAT. But let me get to this, let me get to this LeBron guy. 40,000 points, but he's responsible for making the game mobile. And he made it okay for superstars to move teams and team up with other stars. For NBA players, hear me, for NBA players, they have LeBron to thank. Us fans, we don't like it. We saw Kobe stay loyal. We saw Jordan stay loyal. Bird, Magic, loyal, not being able to move. I can make arguments for, for both. But I can hear you from a fan standpoint. I won't get to the sound, but Larry Bird essentially said this. He said, quit whining about LeBron because this guy's been phenomenal. And I don't know, me personally, if we're going to enjoy LeBron until he's gone. I know I didn't. I didn't when Kobe was playing, I didn't enjoy LeBron. Seeing LeBron now, and I'm like, man, I man missed out on a lot of his game. The NBA elected to change the game for a lot of players. I think they changed it for Jordan. Isaiah Thomas makes that argument that they changed it for Jordan. They wanted to promote the dunk. If we're sitting over here pounding on him and he's not up in the air, how can they promote flying in the air in the dunk? There are those who argue that they, they helped Kobe. Kevin Garnett has come as far to say that, listen, when I was playing in the league, they were doing everything they could to help LeBron. But what about those guys like Kareem? Is, is Kareem in the boat as one of the goats? Larry Bird, have we forgotten about these guys? Are we going to miss the other guys in which they played and just say because guys are so much more athletic or played in a different time and played in a different era in these numbers that all of a sudden they're greater and they're better. I say Magic and Bird saved the league. They should be in the top five. They saved the league. Jordan making the game global, that's a big reason why I have him as my GOAT. As long as there's somebody on the planet, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, by accomplishments, high school, college, and the NBA, and probably the most unstoppable shot that nobody has seen the remix since Is he one of the greatest players of all time? Bill Russell, one of the greatest winners of all time. There's going to be factions that say, well, who did he play against? I know we got to go to break here. And I, this could be a two, three-hour debate or talk that we have because I'm into having talks, not really debates. But there's going to be so many players. There's so much talent that was in eras past and in eras to come. And trust me, I'm not a fan of the way – 
the games played today. But if Jokic wins two or three more championships, is he a guy that we put in the GOAT conversation? If Victor Wimbenyama, I don't think you're trying to place five or six championships on him. I don't think the media was going that far. But if he puts up the numbers he's been putting up since post-All-Star, and let's just say he wins one or two championships, is he now in that debate? Are we so hard on Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron that we think that's where basketball start started and ended? Steph Curry changed the game for everybody. So I can get Shaq's observation and saying, should he be in the GOAT debate? He changed the game for everyone. I don't know. I am now, as a basketball fan, I am, I am placing my pen and pencil on the table. I... Look, if Jordan's your GOAT, I dig that. I'll tell you Kobe's mine. If LeBron's your GOAT, I may, I, I'll admit, I may roll my eyes, but fine. LeBron's your GOAT. Just scored 40,000 points. He couldn't win against the Nuggets. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yes, I mean every bit of that. How could you score 40,000 points and you still lose to the Nuggets? Disgusting. Who's your GOAT? Tell me, tell me on, on, on text line, 641-1010. Give me your GOAT. Tell me on the YouTube chat. Who's your GOAT? Who is that guy? Now, if you tell me somebody like Brian Scalabrini, yes, we'll all have a good, hearty laugh. But who's your small pool of guys, or who's, who's your GOAT? And is it time, potentially, for the GOAT conversation to end? We argue with this on on when we're sitting at on bar stools, church pews, cafeterias, radio stations, everywhere. We, it's, it's great conversation. But if you were raised in the 80s and 90s, of course it's going to be Jordan. 2000s, of course it's Kobe. Mid to late 2000s till now, of course it's LeBron. Though there may be some that say Steph Curry's a GOAT. I'm done. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe's my guy. Give me yours. 641-1010. We'll wrap up the show. It's the open gym on 1010XL. Two, three, four. Ba, 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 basketball. I would continue talking about the NBA on NBC, but we have to we have to get out of here. I completely overshot the runway. Someone on the YouTube chat asked whose jersey was I wearing? I got that from my uncle. Uh, a few years ago, that Georgetown jersey. Got that from my uncle a few years ago. He wasn't wearing it anymore. He just gave it to me. I like wearing the jersey. Thank you to Lee Ellis. Yeah. Thank you to Lee Ellis uh, for coming on the show with us. Going to be working on some March Madness guests as we get towards March Madness. What's your thoughts on Florida? Could they possibly make a run in March Madness? We'll also have some other guests. Um, Trying to work on Mr. Anderson, Nick Anderson, uh, to come on the program next week. We'll let you know if we can get him on the program. For Casey Dobson, my name is RJ Saunders. Congratulations to the winner of the Orlando Magic tickets. Enjoy that game on the 10th. We'll be back here next week talking a little bit of round ball on 1010XL 92.5 FM.